0: The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
1: What's going on, everybody? It's good to be back in the building. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, man. Sir. Basketball is back, JB.
2: I'm
3: ready. Now I know this is radio. Sometimes we, we, we do the live uh, live feeds on Facebook and everything. Mm-hmm. So the people watching on the live feed they can see right now. I got my Sixers hat on. I got my Sixers shirt on. I'm I'm ready for the- you're you're ready for the season. And and here's the thing, like we we talk as fans. You know, we, we like to talk sports, but you know, we're fans. We're not people. We, we didn't play professionally. You you know. We're not paid analysts. We're two guys who like sports. So for me, it's like I enjoy this for the fanhood. And I and as a 76ers fan, I understand where I came from. I came from a lot of bas a lot of starts to basketball season mm-hmm. where I knew my Sixers stuff wasn't coming out the closet. <laughs> The 76ers season starts tonight. Starts well I should say the 76ers season starts, starts
1: this, started this week Starts Wednesday this night. week
3: starts Wednesday night. Mhm. And for the first time, well it's, no, I, I I wore my Sixers stuff last year, wore my Sixers stuff the year before. But there were a couple of years it, I I don't think I I was still wearing Eagles stuff.
2: Mm.
3: <laughs> I was still, you know, I was thinking about, you know, maybe pulling out some flyer stuff, maybe, you know, talk Villanova or Temple. But it wasn't talking sixes. Oh, man. And let's see, I guess
1: that is where you and I differ a little bit. Okay. I am absolutely a fan. Yes. Generally speaking, though, Mm -hmm. I don't watch basketball like a fan.
4: Okay.
1: I watch basketball like a coach. Okay. Agree. Because Mm -hmm. I used to coach. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm watching the game. I'm sitting there looking. You missed the backdoor cut. Mm-hmm. This play should be coming, Look at that yeah. matchup. I'm I'm X's and O's watching the game, mm-hmm. with the exception of a playoff series where there's a team that I'm emotionally invested in. Okay.
3: Only so you f- weren't you weren't that last 76ers playoff series that the second round of the Eastern Conference, the I, Eastern Conference semifinals.
1: That I you, watched
3: as a fan. You watched as a fan. I okay. watched that as a fan. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: That that's that's a playoff series. Mm-hmm. It's I, all on the line. I respect that. And the Sixers, I am actually a fan of. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, for me, we can. Go, I can go all the way back to my childhood. Okay. Like, well, I don't want to say childhood, but teen years. Okay. Michael Jordan, I watched as a fan. Mm. After that. Now it, you it wasn't really
3: Now, how long have you played organ? You you've played organized ball since a child.
1: From grade school through grade co-
3: school. through college, okay. then
1: some sort of not like pro league, but some okay. competitive leagues after
3: college. Cuz I I compare you to my youngest son. Mm-hmm. My youngest son who has now played football since the first grade. And I think he wa- he watches football like a player. Mhm. I who have not played organized football since grade school <laughs> I watch as a fan you know I'm emotionally invested and, mm-hmm. and 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 like you you know there are times when you have those fan moments absolutely you have those fan moments but for the most part if you're watching organized sports if you, and for you it was basketball because mm-hmm. you played ba- you played basketball the longest mm-hmm. yeah now do you watch basketball and football the same way
1: Football, I'm actually probably a little more analytical with when I watch. More?
3: Really? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: I, It's hard for me to watch a football game as a fan.
3: Okay.
1: Like, and what I mean by that is to get emotional and irrational, yelling and screaming. Yeah. And I'm, si-
3: I'm. That's si- not you. That's not me. No, that's, okay. It's just not what I do. I, I am the exact opposite. I'll, I'll I'm get emotional because I, I surely was emotional on Sunday.
1: And the, and see, okay, now, now I'll explain. Mm-hmm. No, Now, we're going to get back to football a little bit later in yeah, the show. definitely, but, definitely. But I am going to get into this right now. Okay. Because, like, watching that game Sunday night, this past Sunday night. Yes, we're talking Eagles-Cowboys. Eagles-Cowboys, yes. NBC, primetime, yes. Sunday night game of the week, all yes, that good all stuff. Of- I was emotional for about five minutes.
3: Well, well yeah. That
1: game killed the emotion. And, 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 and let's go ahead and get into this now. Okay. Because we did picks on that game. Yes, this is not something I'm proud of, but I did pick the Cowboys to win. You did. You did. You were on the money. Well, you I th- thought it, and 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 you've all, you've heard me say this before. I don't bet Eagles games. I don't bet Sixers games. Agree. I agree. I won't do it. Understood. Because those teams, I tend to want to make emotional picks, mm-hmm. and even in picking the Cowboys to win that game, the score, I called, was largely based on my love for the Eagles. Okay. I know our secondary cannot cover anyone. The Philadelphia Eagles secondary, Ohio State and LSU probably have better cornerback play right now. Mm-hmm. It, that's the best I can say, because yeah. you've, you've literally got practice squad guys, guys you've mm-hmm. never heard of. Yeah. In the Craig James played over a second-round pick this past Sunday. Do you know where Craig James went to school? No. Do you know when Craig J James joined the NFL? No. Do you know anything about Craig James?
3: I don't know a darn thing about Craig James, I, other than the fact that he was on the field and Sidney Jones was on the bench. That's yeah.
1: what I know. And, and that is my point. Yes. The Eagles are missing Cravon LeBlanc. Cravon LeBlanc was a guy nobody ever heard of before week 12 last year. So when you look at the Eagles secondary objectively and you, then you look at the, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb didn't play mm-hmm. that game, did he? Uh, he
3: or, no, he played, he played but, but sp- it, yeah, sporadically. Was, yeah.
1: But that being said, regardless of what not he played, the Eagles do not have the speed to get to keep up with any of those receivers. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, the pass rush with the multitude, like it's a, a litany of injuries along the defensive line, mm-hmm. the pass rush has been decimated, and then you don't have the help on the back back end. So. Usually, you either have the pass rush getting there to make the cor- the secondary better, mm-hmm. or you have a secondary that can cover very well to give the D line more time to get home with the pass rush. The Eagles are doing neither. neither. No. And additionally, since week one with the Deshaun Jackson on the sidelines, there's no speed on the offense either. The Eagle, like the Eagles, have no speed. Period. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work in the NFL. No. You have. Somebody has to be able to get downfield, get separation, get open on the offensive end. And on the defensive end, if you can't keep up with the receivers, I don't care how good your technique is. Mm-hmm. And I and I mean that. If you cannot – if I can go on a straight line mm-hmm. and I know you can't keep up with me, I don't have to give you any other moves. I'm just going to run on by a straight you. Line, yeah. Now you have to bring help, which is opening up other parts of the field for other guys. And the other guys aren't fast enough to keep up either. So, the e- Eagles defense needs help. Eagles defense, they need help bad. Call the cavalry, bring in the reserves. Do something, Howie, Howie Roseman. The pressure is on you right now, because I, we want to bet, we want to get get on Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. We want to get on Jim Schwartz, Doug, on Peterson. On Doug Peterson. Yeah. But all of these guys are having to work with subpar skill skill mm-hmm. positions less than NFL speed and you're asking them to play at the level of a Super Bowl contender?
3: I want to throw a couple phrases out at you. Let's go back to the beginning of the Eagles season. A lot of expectations. A lot of people thought that this team was going to Win the division. This is going to be one of the top teams in the NFC, and there were there there was a phrase that people use, a two word phrase that people use to describe this Eagles team. What was that? On paper. <laughs> <laughs> now let's. No, no. On, but, but, now, no, I, no. I want to
1: stop you because no. we have to be fair. Mm-hmm. Eagles, if healthy, mm-hmm. are a completely different team yep. than what we're seeing yep. right now.
3: Then throw, throw
1: that on, throw that one in the list. Because, one
3: paper and if healthy. Okay.
1: No, because at the beginning of the season, if healthy wasn't an issue.
3: Mm-hmm. They were healthy at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but what wasn't it? But what, what was an issue at the beginning of the season was the age of this team. They are older roster. They're an older roster, one of the oldest rosters in, in the league. I, I believe, and I don't have the list in front of me. I believe they're third oldest in the league. But you're you're right. At the beginning of the season, health wasn't health. An issue. wasn't the concern. But when you're a team this old, you know that health is going to play a factor at some point in time. Unfortunately, it started to play no, no, a role. Let's no, no, see. No, it started no, to play a role week two. Now no, see, I think you're
1: being a little too hard on them with that. Dude, because I, and I say that for injuries happen to every team yes. in the NFL regardless Correct. regardless of Correct. age. The problem the Eagles are having mm-hmm. is that for some reason, their injuries seem to be mounting up at the same position. Mm-hmm. But that's where, been it, where you, it. Seems
3: like that's been the issue for the Eagles now for the, a couple. of The last of years. two years. Last two the, years. The, the Super
1: they, Bowl year, mm-hmm. there were multiple injuries. There was a multitude of injuries. Mm-hmm. But one was quarterback. One was corner. One was an O lineman. It so you could spread it around. Like, the, the injuries were spread around during the Super Bowl year. Yeah. The following year and then this year, multi- oh, yeah. you're missing multiple linebackers, multiple corners, multiple D-linemen. Mm-hmm.
3: Just like last so, year, you're missing multiple DBs, mm-hmm. multiple running backs. Exactly. Multiple, you know,
1: and, and, so so positions that you think you should have depth, that depth complete Because DB, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about how deep the cornerback room was. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that they were the greatest, but, but they that they were deep. Were deep. Mm-hmm. The defensive line rotation, we were talking about how deep deep they were. Mm-hmm. But now you look at those same rooms now, Malik Jackson gone, Timmy Jernikin's missed a mm-hmm. significant amount of games, Akeem Spence just got cut, mm-hmm. then in the secondary, Darby's missed significant time, Jalen Mills just played his first game, Av- Avante Maddox has been out, mm-hmm. um, Craven I mean, LeBlanc's mm-hmm. been out. That's Those are basically your four of your top five corners, excluding Rasul Douglas. All missing significant time. Sidney mm-hmm. Jones has missed time with the hamstring this year, so we're look, like in the secondary. We're looking at what six, seven injuries, and three significant ones on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to try to overcome. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. You're not going to find five cornerbacks that can play mm-hmm. after training camp. And you've had five secondary guys all missed time. So, from that standpoint, it, yeah, they probably could have tried to be a little younger. But they did try to build depth at these positions.
3: Yeah, they did. I mean, they got – I think the guy – a lot of the guys that they have going into this season are depth guys. But they're depth guys who have now been thrusted into the situation where they now have to be the guy. We talked about. you know, I talked about uh, you know phrases and cliches that you use. Mm-hmm. Talked about on paper, what this team would be like if healthy. What this team would be like. Here's another phrase. When I talk, when I look at those DBs, there's a phrase. Who in the hell is <laughs> add DB's name here? You just talked about, uh, who started at cornerback uh, on Sunday? Craig James, mm-hmm. who in the hell is Craig James? Who in the hell is Crayon LeBlanc? Who are these? You know, and it's not, and I don't mean this to belittle these guys because they're NFL players, they're professionals, they're paid handsomely to do a job. You know, I, I don't mean, I, I'm not trying to belittle them. However, it just. Shines a light on what the situation is, just how depleted they are. I look at the Eagles, and I'm trying to think of the last two great, two good cornerbacks that they drafted. They've been able to pick up a couple over free agency. Asante Samuel probably being the best one that they've had in the last 10 to 15 years.
1: Sounds about right.
3: I don't believe that the Eagles have drafted a good two good cornerbacks or a good cornerback. They haven't drafted a good cornerback probably since the NFL was wearing Reebok jerseys.
1: We'll well, see. Well, question the first the first question you have to ask about that is Mm -hmm. exactly how much do they value the position? you ask that question because you have to look because you're looking at where they've drafted the position Mm. now absolutely they've missed on some picks there have been places where guys have been drafted after players they took Mm. and ended up being better than the guy they took you know josh norman richard sherman none of these guys were first round picks Mm. But they ended up being – so. but it's not just the Eagles that missed on those yeah, guys. Yeah. Multiple teams missed mm-hmm. on those guys. So, drafting and evaluating is not a perfect science. But okay. at the same time, if you look at the Eagles' hit track record, in recent memory, they haven't invested a first-round pick in a DB. Mm-hmm. Sidney Jones was a second-round pick with, quote-unquote, first-round first talent, game. and he also had what 10 years ago might have been a career-ending injury. Mm-hmm. The Achilles, 10, 15 years ago, guys might have never played again. Mm-hmm. So that was a risk as well. then you're looking at guys like Eric Rowe, Brandon Boykin, um. Decent players. I wouldn't call either of those two a bum, Eric Rowe or Brandon Boykin, but neither one of them is a number one corner. Mm-hmm. They're not shut down guys.
3: I mean, let's 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 be honest. Let's talk. Let's talk like Eagles now. Sheldon Brown and Leto Shepard, probably the last two great Eagles cornerbacks.
1: Can I say something unpopular? Go ahead. They might be overrated as a duo. You think so? They were good. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. They were good. Mm -hmm. But in that Jim Johnson defensive scheme Mm -hmm. where the pressure more often than not was getting to the quarterback, what we were just talking about this. If Mm -hmm. the pressure gets home, it makes your
3: secondary better. So let me ask you this. Lito and Sheldon we're good. Well no, no, Lido and were Lido and Sheldon better than Taylor and Vincent? This is a straight Eagles fan question for you. As an Eagles fan. No. No they were. Okay. Okay. And
1: none of them were better than Eric Allen. Oh, of course. I
3: mean <laughs> That goes without saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. You want to talk great Eagles corners, we the list starts there. Yeah, oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But all
1: five of the guys we've just named, mm-hmm. Lito, she- Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown, Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent, Eric Allen, all better than anybody that's in the Eagles secondary mm-hmm. right now, including Malcolm Jenkins, okay, who has not played to the standard he set for himself over the last couple of years mm-hmm. to this point this season. He's... I don't know. I don't want to say he's done or disengaged or anything like that, but he has not looked himself.
3: Has not looked himself in a summer where money came up. Mm-hmm. Money was an issue. He won a new contract, mm-hmm. but
1: he didn't make it a huge. No, issue. I mean, he, he didn't yeah, hold yeah, out. Yeah. He wasn't he was, making a stake. Not, not a but distraction. It's known, but it's but known. It came he wants, up. he yeah. it's known. It's getting to yeah. the near near the end of his deal, yeah. and that's something that's going to happen with any player. Mm-hmm. So it
3: wasn't a distraction. And and, and, he, and, and he that's did, my point. Yeah. As long
1: as it's not a distraction, like, I'm, not, I'm not worried about his money. I,
3: it's not about Malcolm Jenkins making it a and a problem, but he did make it an issue. He, it came up. I, I'll put it like the topic came up. It has to come up. Yeah. Okay. I'm not worried about the topic coming up. Well, the the, the thing is, okay, you know, he wanted he he's looking to have his deal reworked.
1: Uh, yeah, but that's business. That's not okay. that's not something that I'm yeah, worried it's,
3: about. Hold
1: on, because let me explain why. Mm-hmm. For Malcolm Jenkins, he shows up to camp. Mm-hmm. He's there on time. He doesn't miss any activities. He He's not the guy showing up to training camp in a bricks truck talking about pay me. No. He's a guy who's been on his deal for a few years, mm-hmm. knows he's getting – Wants to
3: be treated fairly. Well,
1: he knows he's getting older, knows mm-hmm. he's getting towards the end of his contract. Knows he has a limited window to get paid, mm-hmm. and most importantly, this off season, you saw safeties getting salaries that they had typically had not gotten mm-hmm. over the past several years. There was a okay. return to people valuing that safety position some. Mm-hmm. So for Malcolm, it was the the collision of a couple events. It was a couple things all coming together at at the same time, mm-hmm. which made it a good time for him to say, hey, guys, don't forget, we're going to have to look at my
3: contract soon. I don't – that doesn't bother me. So the question that I – I, so let me pivot off that question then. So it does not stick out to you that that was – that got brought up, but his, his contributions, his performance has been lacking this season. Mm-hmm.
1: No. Because in a contract year, a guy who wants to get pla- get paid, mm-hmm. he's extra motivated to perform. Okay. Th- this is, in the NFL, where guys' contracts are rarely guaranteed and a team can get rid of you, mm-hmm. if you want to get paid, you have more motivation to perform if you're on the field, not less. Okay. If you're on the field and you're playing substand- subpar football, mm-hmm. they will use every snap you play like that against you in yeah. negotiations. Mm-hmm. You're better. So if that's his if that's his concern, he's better off holding out.
3: No, what I'm saying is, it's not about him holding out. But what I'm saying is, he said, "Hey, man, don't forget me. I see these safeties are out here getting money. I'm at the end. I'm coming to the end of my deal. Coming to the end of my my career. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, don't forget about me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Hey, hey, look out for me. But then when it comes time for his play on the field, his play is kind of lacking.
1: And that and that's what I'm saying. That is not football player logic. And and because football player logic is my career can end on any play. Okay, I have to maximize my opportunity to get paid. I understand. So if so, so if I'm looking for a contract, I'm talking if I'm mentioning my money, Mm -hmm. I'm doing everything I can on the field to prove I'm worth my money. Okay. so when I if I see Malcolm Jenkins not looking like himself or Malcolm Jenkins of old, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's because of money.
3: Well, what I'm saying, I, I don't. I don't think money has anything the, to do with that. But, but what I'm saying, I think, uh, I, I think you're you're, uh, you're you're missing my point. I'm not saying is Malcolm Jenkins distracted by money, but what I'm saying is Malcolm Jenkins looked out for Mal, Malcolm Jenkins made it known that he would like his deal reworked, mm-hmm. and that's part of the business. Yeah, I don't, I don't begrudge him that. However, he said, "Hey, look out for me," but he's not performing on the field. What I'm now saying is now as the Eagles what does that how does that look to you? Are you saying are you saying hey man might be time to look, to move on from Malcolm Jenkins?
1: Yeah, we're only halfway through the year, who knows.
3: Okay. Okay.
1: That that's why they don't do the deal early. Understood? He's un, you have a player under contract and mm-hmm. you, as the organization you have no incentive to do that deal early, mm-hmm. especially on an old aging player who you need to reevaluate. Okay. So from the Eagles perspective, it's Simple, it's more of a matter of fact there. Mm-hmm. We didn't do the deal yet. We'll look at the season. We'll, mm-hmm. Like I said, we'll look at every snap, the good ones and the bad ones, mm-hmm. and every bad one, that's taking a couple sign, couple zeros, a couple dollars off that check, mm-hmm. and the good ones, that's going to be Malcolm's ne- negotiating leverage to try to keep as much money in that next deal he gets as he can, okay. whether or not it's in Philadelphia and that honestly is something that remains to see and in my opinion probably unlikely okay because of the salary cap ramifications
3: a lot of people in a lot of people aren't are ready to jump ship a lot of people on the or on the bridge a lot of people saying hey, cuz you, you look you know how this stuff goes you know how this works nowadays it works in every every bit of every angle of sports we talk about the sweeping indictments. Everybody wants to make that that huge declaration. Here it is, not even halfway through the season. We're at week, what, week seven going into week eight now. Week hmm. eight, team is three and four, just lost to the Dallas Cowboys, and the sky is falling in Philly. There are, pl- there are people t- just looking up and seeing that the sky is falling. I know how you know, you, you've made these comments about certain fans. hmm How much do you put anything into that? Or are you, are you you're you know, these guys or is it just hey like, man, if you jump in ship you an idiot? <laughs> How much trouble are, is this team in? We'll put it. We'll put it that way. Here's a more. Here's a better way of uh, uh, asking the question. How much no, trouble no, no. is this See, team I, in? I,
1: I want to answer your first question.
3: Okay. Well, answer them both, then.
1: I I, I do want to answer your first question. Okay. You asked about fans jumping ship. Mm-hmm. How can I say this tactfully? You don't
3: got to. It's just show. <laughs>
1: But sports fans are the reason we have a show. Yeah, that is true. Athletes don't listen to Well, I shouldn't say they don't listen to talk radio, but they don't they're listen they're, they're, not, they're not the target audience. Okay. I won't say none of them listen to us, but they're not the target audience. Okay. You know, fans are the target audience. Yes. So I don't want to offend
3: fans. Okay.
1: But the word fan mm-hmm. is short for fanatic. Yes it is the word fanatic carries with it a certain connotation of irrationality hmm. and that is well deserved fans typically are irrational when it comes to their teams okay. how many how many years have you looked at a Cowboys team that wasn't that good and you heard a Cowboys fan say we're going to the Super Bowl Mm. how many times have you heard a Kyrie Irving fan argue about how he's about to take over the league and do this that and the other and won't hear anything otherwise you know plenty of people who will insist that because of his heart and effort and stats, Russell Westbrook's the best point guard in the league. Okay, yeah. Fans are irrational. They don't necessarily objectively consider all the data. So for so for me to hear that fans are jumping shit, your team just lost what three two games in a row
4: mm-hmm.
1: badly, like badly. You looked terrible in the process. Didn't look like you could cut, your defense could stop anybody. Mm-hmm. And your offense doesn't look like it can keep up with anybody. Your running game is inconsistent. Your receivers don't get open. So, based on the emotional part of it, fans jumping ship is expected. This is the point in the year where the emotional fans – start to check out we, those two tough losses if you're just if you're a true fan one of two things is going to happen mm-hmm. it's either you have that irrational belief in your team that no matter what happens oh it's all right we're gonna win next week we'll win next week we'll, we'll win 10
3: in a row And mm-hmm.
1: there you know there's that irrational fan every year predict 16
3: and 0 of course or, why are you looking at me like that when you talk about the irrational fan that predicts 16 and 0 every year? Why are you looking at me <laughs> like that? Or, um, <laughs> there's
1: the other option, which is the fan who sees those two bad losses in a row and it's, oh, uh, we stink. The season's over. It's all doom and gloom. And I'm going to go ahead and check out now. Mm. Where reality is probably somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But realistically, as constructed right now, this Eagles team doesn't look good. And the biggest part of their issues is on the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball.
3: Said the Eagles it, said the Eagles don't look good right now. No. My question to you is what in your opinion when you look at what doesn't look good and we're talking about Pass rush getting to the quarterback because they're depleted on uh, on the defensive line. Mm -hmm. They're depleted in the linebacking core right now. They're depleted in the DBs. Mm -hmm. But the question, I guess, my question is: even can they get healthy? And if they get healthy, how much of a difference will it make? Like, how much of these issues, how much of this can be fixed?
1: If Th- this year, all right, if the Eagles had started the season with the roster that they're putting on the field right now, mm-hmm. they're a 6-1 team. That's probably what I'm predicting. Okay. I think I would call them a 6-1 yeah, team, and I think 6 wins is being generous. Mm-hmm. Part partly six wins because you're playing the AFC East this year. The other part is because you have the Washington Gi- Washington Redskins and the New York Giants in your division. With all of that said, I'll get you six wins.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: If your D-line is fully intact, a healthy Eagles secondary might be good enough to get the job done. That's with Malik Jackson. That's with Tim Jernigan. Jernigan, That's with Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett, all these guys at full strength and productive. Without that, even if the secondary is at full strength, they're not good enough. Mm -hmm. At full strength, the secondary is the secondary that needs the pass rush to get home to help them out. Mm -hmm. As is there is no pass rush that can help them out. They're just bad. A good quarterback on these corners? Oh, you're 12 yards back? Quick Mm -hmm. slant, quick out. Mm -hmm. Oh, you came all the way up? Mm -hmm. I'm just throwing it over your head. These guys don't have the physical tools to cover. So, it's one thing to help, try to help out guys that have some deficiencies But when you have a secondary full of guys that are, when you're throwing a third or fourth corner out there as your number one and then have the rest of the secondary littered with fourth and fifth corners, Mm -hmm. that's not going to get it done. No. No chance that's going to get it done. No. And that's regardless of who you have on the D-line with your pass rusher. Mm -hmm. So, if assuming Mills and Darby – Sydney Jones, all these guys are healthy for the remainder of the season. They still get exposed.
3: Still get exposed.
1: It it will be a little bit better. A healthy Ronald Darby has the speed to keep up with most receivers. Technique leaves some things to be desired, so it's still an issue. He's a, probably, at best, a number two corner, not a number one. Mm-hmm. But with Philly, he has to be the number one. Mm-hmm. Jalen Mills love his toughness and competitiveness, but he at no point in his career has he had true straight line speed. Same is true true for Rasul Douglas. Avante Maddox is a nice slot corner. I saw him on the outside this season and I never want to see that again. Mm. I I never want to see <laughs> him on the outside again. So like the these are the pieces you're working with in mm. that secondary. And, yeah, at full strength with a dominant D-line that the Eagles were supposed to have, maybe it gets you by. But you're still looking. And at that point, at the start of the year, we were still expecting the Eagles to have to win a lot of shootouts. We, people were banking on their offense with Deshaun Jackson to be extremely explosive, and it was. Problem is there's no Deshaun Jackson on the offense. So you can't go out there and expect to put up thirty points a game, shoot, have shootouts, mm-hmm. and think, okay, well, at a thirty po- if we're scoring thirty points a game, the Eagles' defense mm, maybe gives them a chance when healthy. Yep. But your offense is giving you twenty-one, twenty-three, twenty-four points a game somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work
3: with this defense. So that I mean that. Then that finally brings us to the other to the other side of the ball because this is not just a team that's struggling on one side of the ball. You see all the issues that this team has on defense, and then you look on the other side, and this offense has issues as well. Notice Sean Jackson since week one, and this offense—they've missed Alshon Jeffrey as well. Alshon Jeffrey's missed time. Gotta miss time. They're struggling in their They the running back core was supposed to be improved, but it's been inconsistent. Miles Sanders has shown some he, he's shown some signs. They've gone back to Jordan they've gone back to Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard has also shown some sign, but it hasn't been consistent. Offensive line hasn't been consistent. Carson Wentz not making the plays downfield that we thought he would, that we hoped he would be able to get back to this season. My question to you is: Is that all on Deshaun Jackson? In your opinion, you see Carson Wentz not making the throws downfield that we we hoped he'd make, we'd expected him to make. I understand there's been no no Deshaun Jackson, but why, in your opinion? Because I, I I want to hear from you. I want to hear in your opinion. Why it, why has this offense struggled so mightily in his absence? And you look like you you, you. <laughs> if you can see Mike Jones's face right you you look exasperated. You look I mean you you, you look mentally strained.
1: Yeah. You're my boy, John. I am. I love you like a brother.
3: And I appreciate that love, too.
1: You know that was a dumb question, though, right? I mean, all right. It's a lot. It was a lot. So, what would you say Carson Wentz's strengths are as a quarterback?
3: Making people miss. Mm -hmm. staying upright in the pocket Mm -hmm. getting outside and extending plays with his legs And and not necessarily accuracy but he's got a strong arm
2: okay
1: so you got a guy with a strong arm what kind of passing game does that usually lend itself to
3: throwing the ball downfield
1: okay Who on that roster can get open downfield?
3: So your answer. So your answer to the question is yes.
1: I mean, what I'm who on that roster without Deshaun Jackson is able to get open downfield?
3: Nelson Aguilar.
1: Okay, you're correct. Nelson Aguilar is the one guy on that roster Mm -hmm. without Deshaun Jackson who has the physical tools to get open downfield.
4: Okay,
1: he can't catch.
3: <sighs> Not
1: wrong. So, what other options do we have? I'm gonna give you some time to think about it. No, with... I don't
3: need time to think about it. Oh, I I, didn't, uh, uh, I no. thought that was a rhetorical I... question. I thought. I'm uh, oh, sorry. No, like, I mean, like, what other options does
1: he have?
3: I, I mean, you got couple got a couple young kids can't get on the field. Can they get open downfield? I don't know. I. I... They can't get on the field. I don't know if they can get open on field. How do I? How should I know if JJ I think a white Whiteside can get open downfield when he can't even get on the field? Same for Mac Hollins.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure getting on the field is a prerequisite to getting open down. Yeah,
3: well, I'm, I'm saying so. If they so can't get, so I guess you know, if you
1: can't get on the field. You can't get, get open downfield.
3: Down yeah. All right. All right.
1: Yeah. So again what options what other options do we have to try to stretch the field open up the offense back up the two back up a safety cuz it's really easy to keep to uh, keep mm-hmm. a safety down in the box one deep if you're not worried, worried about anybody running by you mhm oh uh, uh, going deep go ahead please go deep Aguilar. I hope he throws it to you too that's got to be how defenses are feeling
3: right now mm-hmm. cuz he can't be trusted to ca- I mean in your opinion you saw you saw the play that he's been getting killed for, all week.
1: All right, so we're right up against the
3: break. No, 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 no. Before we, no, 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 no. We are, no, we are absolutely up against the break. No, this break, this segment's way too long. We'll take, we'll take care of that. I want, I want your thoughts on this. No, we, we. We will take a break we will appease our sponsors soon enough i want i want an answer to that i want to know how you felt about that you watched the game mister i like to be analytical and watch the game mm-hmm. you saw that what did you think of that yeah. i want your i want the truth
1: the truth is go ahead that we'll be right back no, after this break. no no no
3: no no, that's not.
1: Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Stick around; boom. we'll be right back.
3: Yes, I'm feeling. You
0: feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloudcom slash sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search "Best in the World Sports."
2: 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak
0: or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
1: All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us during the break. Got a little off track in the first segment. That was supposed to be, a first segment was about, supposed to have been about 20, 25 minutes of basketball talk. Yeah, yeah. And instead, you got about 40 minutes of football talk.
3: But. 40 minutes of Eagles football talk. I, I think you know where we lie as far as our fandom.
1: And this is exactly why I try
3: not to talk about the Eagles too much. Mm, and, no, and, no. and when we do,
1: I leave it till the last of the show. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, here's the thing, <laughs> we because we also do an Eagles podcast. Mm -hmm. You and I work on a podcast, and you can hear it right here on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's the Green Over Everything podcast. (laughs) But that's where we're supposed to talk Eagles. We pretty much did a whole Green Over Everything podcast right here during offense, defense, and discourse.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Happens that way sometimes.
3: Okay. Before we went to break, and we'll, we'll end Eagles chatter right here. I brought up a play during Sunday night's game with the Eagles and the Cowboys. It is a play that has been the talk ever since postgame. Nelson Aguilar was open, had his defender beat, I really thought we were talking basketball now. Yeah, no, I asked you a question that you. And I successfully dodged the question. I... Well, no, no, you did not successfully dodge the question because here's the question right here. We got out the break clean. Yeah, we did. And now we're back. I want an answer to this question. I want to know how you felt about that. And then we can move on to basketball. Mm hmm. I would also like to point out. For the record, I, in order to try and help this answer, you know, come, you know, help Mike deliver this answer, I gave him some beer as well in, in, in the hopes that it will, it will help alleviate whatever is stress. Because right now he's over here rubbing his temples. He's thinking of the play, he's thinking of Nelson Aguilar not making a play that you would hope he could make. In a game where they needed him to make a play. And I would love to know how you felt about that.
1: Honest opinion? Yes. I think I think Nelson Aguilar should have his vision checked. Okay. I'm, just, I'm dead serious. That's not be being joking or funny or anything. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to Nelson Aguilar, how often he loses track of the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. I honestly think he has issues with depth perception or something. He's mm-hmm. just not tracking that ball well. I think he should get his vision checked. That's all I have to say about that.
3: Oh, whatever, dude. I would also like to talk about uh, I mean, you. Clearly
1: you, you know I'm done with Nelson Aguilar,
3: right? I, I, I want you to say that you're done with Nelson Aguilar. I want you to say what you, how you feel. I want you to be honest. With how you feel, I want to know. So, are you saying during that game, Nelson Aguilar does not make that catch, and your first thought was, Well, I think he needs to get his eyes checked? During that game, during the game.
1: By the time that play happened, yes, you, you, I was already checked out.
3: Okay, that's fine. You, game you,
1: was, game you, was over. You
3: had no so you had so no the, opinion.
1: So the emotion for me that you're expecting me to have wasn't there. Uh-huh. Like honestly, the emotion you're thinking I would have, like had that play happened in the first quarter, mm-hmm. you would have got the emotion from me that you wanted. Okay. But because of the point in the game where it happened. I was resigned to the fact that, yeah, this team's just not that good tonight. We're, we're
3: team's not that good, and you just felt like Nelson Aguilar just needs to get his vision checked. All right. So
1: it's it's something more than than just – you're an NFL receiver. Mm-hmm. You're a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. The physical ability is there. Speed is there.
3: Athleticism mm-hmm. is, is there. Is there. You've seen him make plays. He's made plays. Absolutely. But you've now seen on more than one occasion, more than two occasions, opportunities for him to make plays. Not necessarily. All
1: right. I have a question for you. Okay. Which is more perplexing to you?
3: Nelson Aguilar's
1: inability to catch or Markel Fultz's inability to play basketball? why no seriously which one's more perplexing?
3: if that is the if that is the, it, one uh just for a point of clarification
0: mm-hmm.
3: i'm not answering the question with a question i just want a point of clarification is this your attempt to pivot this conversation away from the eagles We're still talking about
1: Nelson Aguilar.
3: Okay. Okay. No, like I said, I just went. Nelson Aguilar was
1: part of this question. Okay. Okay.
3: Well, more perplexing to me is Markel Fultz because Markel Fultz doesn't seem to be able to get on the court consistently. Nelson
1: Aguilar wouldn't be on the field if there were any other options.
3: I understand there, but nonetheless, he's still on the field.
1: Because there are no other options.
3: No, I understand.
1: If there were only five guys on the football field, Nelson Aguilar would not be one of them.
3: Okay. No, I, I I that I understand. However, Nelson Aguilar is there. He's he's capable of putting on a uniform and playing what level he plays at.
1: Markel Fultz is capable of putting on a uniform and play.
3: But he doesn't. He's he's in a suit every night. Nice. Nah, he'll put the uniform
1: on some nights. Might not get in the game, but
3: Is he going to play this week? It's a good question. I don't See, so here's the thing. You know, look the level of at which he'll play is to be determined. Is is? is, is I mean, I've seen Markel
1: this. Fultz get a triple double off the bench in the I, NBA. I, I, I
3: was there, I, I, bro. I was there with you. I, he, I, he has physical talent.
1: Yes. As does Nelson Aguilar. Yes. The physical ability is there.
3: Nelson, here's the thing. Nelson Aguilar might will probably play 16 games this year, unless he has to take. They give him another mental break, like they did. Uh, was that three seasons ago? Like, he's like,
1: think about that. He, they gave him they gave him a mental break before. Mm-hmm. It's not that much different than the Markel fault situation. the The biggest difference is the sport. Mm-hmm. If this is basketball, Aguilar is never on the court. Okay, but because it's football, and you have anywhere from two to five receivers on the field on any given play, and the Eagles have had a relatively depleted receiving core since Aguilar has been here. There's no options but to put him on the field. Okay, he, like as bad as we're talking about with him, there aren't many better options. No, no, no. So, from that standpoint, that's why he's on the field.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I I will say the reason what you're saying. I understand. I'm not disputing that. But the fact still remains that Nelson Aguilar is playing. Most nights, Nelson Aguilar is playing, albeit poorly at times, very poorly at other times. He's still on the field playing. Markel Foltz is not, and that's what make you. I mean, you asked me a question specifically as, as to what was more perplexing. Nelson Aguilar – or Markel Fultz. I say Fultz because Fultz is never on the or is never on the court.
1: And, and I hear you. I just but with that, Fultz is never on the court only because of the sport. Okay. But but,
3: but that but those are the choices that you but, gave me.
1: But they're failures, at, and the thing is, as an NBA point guard. Markel Fultz is asked to do a whole lot more <laughs> than what Nelson Aguilar is asked to do.
3: I'm, I'm laughing because... Nelson
1: I, Aguilar is asked to catch and run. Yeah,
3: I'm laughing because I misheard you. You said, you said Mar- Markel Fultz is asked to do much more. Thought you said he more. is. I thought you said Markel Fultz is asked. That's the, that's, no, that's I, I, I said that's he is asked. A S K E D. Markel no, no, Fultz is asked. That was just a, that, that was just a, a slight giggle, you know like mm-hmm. a, a snicker in what you said, but, but the point yeah. that you're making has not. Uh, but yeah, I, as I understand. A, I, I, as I, a, I get it.
1: As a point guard, in my I, opo-
3: point in point my goal. opinion, mm-hmm.
1: NBA point guard. Yes. Second hardest position to play in sports. Buying quarterback in, mm-hmm. okay, in no. team sports second okay. hardest position to play. But,
3: uh, but do you? But do you also play a point? Well, Nelson Aguilar was his uh, job is the run and catch. No, but Nelson Nelson Aguilar and he was, can't catch. Nelson Aguilar was drafted in the middle of the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay. Markel Fultz was number one overall. Okay, and now he can't get on the field. First round picks in football. Mm-hmm. A first
1: round pick in football is essentially a top three pick in the NBA. Okay. Second round picks in the NBA don't matter. Agreed. They don't matter. Agreed. So if I get a first round pick in the NFL, Mm -hmm. that's essentially a top three pick as far as value Mm -hmm. in in the NBA. So any top three pick in the NBA, if you forget how to play, Something's wrong. If you're a first-round wide receiver and you can't catch, something is very, very, very wrong.
3: And you think it starts with his
1: eyes? I think it starts somewhere above the neck.
3: Okay. Okay.
1: But I would I would absolutely have his eyes checked. Because I don't – He really seems to lose track of the ball far more often than an NFL receiver should. And I don't know if that's the lights. He needs a visor or some sort of sensitivity to lights. Mm -hmm. That perception is off. He just needs a LASIK or something. I I really don't know. Mm -hmm. But something's not right. So, for me, given – The amount of responsibility put on the player, it makes much more sense. In my mind, Markel Fultz's struggles than Nelson Aguilar's. You put the ball in an NBA point guard's hands, he's basically out there on an island. All eyes on him. Every play is on him. Every, Every touch is very obvious you could ruin the whole thing by yourself. So, when he forgets how to play, yeah, Coach like, comes to them. Mm-hmm. Football, you see a guy like Nelson Aguilar with all these physical tools, and it's like, and you've seen him make plays. So, you're going to keep running him out there. Yeah, he'll get open. He can catch that. He's probably catching him in practice, if I had to guess. But, Somehow, some way, when it comes to the game, it's it doesn't translate. And at this point, this is Nelson Aguilar's fifth year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's his fifth year, fifth five years in it, uh, we know what you are at this point mm-hmm. What you are is not a starting NFL receiver. Honestly, I'm not sure how much longer you'll be an NFL receiver at all. Did you see the Aaron, the Green Bay Packers game this week?
4: Yes.
1: No. Who's Aaron Rodgers throwing to? It's Devontae Adams is out.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: He's throwing to guys you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I take away Amendola, Edelman, Randy Moss. Who's Tom Brady thrown to in the last seven, eight years, ten years?
3: Gronk. Okay. But, but I, 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 I mean, but nonetheless, I, see, I see your point. That, that so, let me ask. So <laughs> I'm laughing because
1: I'm not well, asking. I'm not asking Aguilar to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, if you're NFL receiver. Mm-hmm you have to be able to catch you have to
3: be able to catch but my question is you, you take that you take that all away you the, to the point that you're making you know you take Aaron Rodgers top receivers away you take Tom Brady's top receivers away so are you now saying that some of this heat belongs on Carson Wentz as well
1: no what i'm saying is because if it were a situation where it's missed throws opposed to drops, yeah, you blame Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. But when you watch the tape and you see balls in catchable positions and receivers just not making the plays, you don't put that on the quarterback. You put that on the receiver. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, for all love or hate him, love him or hate him, he will not accept a subpar performance from his receivers. Let you not be in the spot where you're supposed to be.
3: Oh yeah, Tom's well, gonna let you out. Let him.
1: you not catch a ball you're supposed to catch.
3: Tom's gonna give you some smoke. Tom's going you you've seen it enough times in games. You've but, seen that that sideline camera and he's giving somebody but It's, it's not
1: just it's not just the that he's gonna get in your face about it. Everyone in New England knows don't do your job to see if you have a job next week. Mm. They will release you. They will trade you they will bench you. They will bring in someone else to do the job. One thing they all know: you have to do your job. You never asked anybody to be a superstar. You never asked anybody to go out there and get 120 catches, 1,500 receiving yards, and 30 touchdowns through the air. Mm-hmm. You know, Randy was a superstar, but Randy was a superstar before he got there. Mm-hmm. And then you put the two of them together, and you had two superstars playing together in in a very prolific offense that season. But Tom Brady simply asked his receivers to do their job. Bill Belichick simply asked his players to do their job. And by doing their job, they are able to succeed. Nelson Aguilar is not doing his job. We're not talking about the extra stuff like if you catch the ball, shake off 3 defenders, break a couple tackles, make somebody else miss and take it 75 yards after the catch. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to make the catch. What's the job description? See, this is this is why I didn't want to answer this question. Cuz we're not going to talk about anything we were supposed to talk about now. I tried What's the job description for an NFL wide receiver? Catch the ball. What are the job requirements?
3: Catching the ball. Putting two hands on the ball, tucking the ball in, and getting downfield with the ball. Okay. So
1: what do you think would disqualify you from being an NFL wide receiver?
3: An inability to catch the ball.
1: So where does that leave Nelson Aguilar? Probably going to leave him without a job. So, again, I'll ask the question. Okay. More perplexing, Nelson Aguilar or Markel Fultz? Markel Fultz did not forget how to do his whole job. He Mm -hmm. just couldn't shoot a jump shot. Mm -hmm. The rest of the game, he could do. Dribble, pass, shoot, get to the rim. Well, Mm -hmm. Dribble, pass, get to the rim. He just couldn't shoot. He wouldn't shoot. Nelson Aguilar cannot do his job.
3: So that then brings you so that then brings the question. What do you do now? What does this team do now? What can this team do now? And can is there something that this team can do now to salvage their season?
1: Sell the future, mortgage the future. If you really believe you have a chance this year and you want to go all in, you mortgage your future, mortgage your draft picks. AJ Green? No, is he healthy? is he fast? AJ I'm, I'm, AJ I'm, Green in his prime was never a speed receiver.
3: I'm just throwing out scenarios. And
1: being, I'm throwing and out scenarios because he hasn't because, played a game all year.
3: I'm just throwing out scenarios because you know this city. Mm-hmm. You know this fan base and this is a fan base that loves the name. You see it, And you
1: know I don't care about the name. No, I no, I no, want understand. something that works.
3: No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is the question that I the original question that I asked you was what is there something that could be done now? Mortgage the future. Okay, mortgage the future. Now you have. Now you're looking.
1: But here. go. But when I say mortgage the future, go back and consider what we were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. They need speed. Okay. If it's not speed, it's not helping.
3: Okay. Throw a name out.
1: Like when you throw a, when you say AJ Green, mm-hmm. that's just a slightly better
3: Alshon. Okay.
1: That's not going to help you with what you need.
3: Understood. So throw. A, give me something better.
1: I don't know who's available. That's okay. a problem.
3: Okay, ideally. You you, you
1: missed you, on an Emmanuel Sanders. He would have fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure who else Muhammad is. Mohamed Sanu? Not a speed guy. Okay. Decent, but not a speed guy. Not a speed guy. guy, okay. But at this point in the year, I'm not sure who's available mm-hmm. that would actually fit the need. Okay, Emmanuel Sanders is actually the one name I was thinking a week ago mm-hmm. who could come available given Denver's struggles. And would fit the need. Can play outside, has Mm. speed, all those things. But the Eagles were beat to the punch on that one. So he's in San Francisco, and the Eagles still need speed. Also, as much as you need speed at receiver, deal with the defense first. Mm. Because that's the bigger issue. You've got everybody running by you right now. I don't care how good one receiver you bring it is. You have four, four three, four DBs out there getting run past every game. One receiver or fix your defense. I'm fixing the defense.
3: Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I hear you. So, look, listen. <laughs> We're now halfway through the show. We're, we've talked very little basketball. I'm not going to. I just wanted to question. I just wanted I didn't know this was the rabbit hole. I tried. That you did.
1: I tried.
3: That you did, and you warned me. You warned me. I didn't listen. But then again, that's pretty much just like almost every other time we talk. (laughs) You warned me. You said, hey, I don't want to do this. What did I I do? I did it. (laughs) Let's take a real quick break. And we'll move on. We'll, we'll do what you asked. <coughs> we'll move on to basketball. <laughs> or oh, the other side of this break. Hey, look. Tell us what you think of this show. Hit us up on Twitter. And that's it. O underscore D underscore Discord. Tell us what you think of this show. His name is... That's Jonesy. I'm Brown. We'll be right
0: back. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.
2: When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have
3: to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same.
2: For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids,
0: and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J. Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
1: All right, everybody, we are back. I'm glad you all have been hanging out with us today. This next segment,
3: we're going to talk basketball. I'm not going to distract you with any Eagles talk, any Nelson Aguilar talk, nothing. Basketball, that's what you wanted to talk, right?
1: Actually, I was going to suggest turning your mic off this entire segment. Oh, boy. Okay, that way right. we can stick to basketball all right. and not get into more Nelson Aguilar stuff. Well,
3: uh, all right.
1: <laughs> but
3: Look, man, you, you are the creator of this show. You you are the creator. See, you, 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 I'm
1: talking about Aguilar again. You,
3: why? No, you're not. You're talking about basketball. You're not talking about Aguilar. You're talking about not talking about Aguilar. By talking about not
1: talking about Aguilar, we're, not we're talking, talking about, about Aguilar. We're
3: not talking about not talking about, we've, not talking we've
1: about Aguilar. We've said Aguilar at least 15 times in this segment. We've been here for two minutes. That, that, that is true.
3: All right. <laughs> Look, it, the floor is yours. But... <sighs> Woosa. wusa. <woosah.
2: laughs>
1: basketball is back.
3: How much basketball have you watched this week? You know I'm a junkie. I know you a junkie, but look, uh, you also got a life. You also got a job. You also, you know. So, so all that came to all that came to a halt. You you've been watching back. I mean, basketball is bad. Tuesday doubleheader. Did you watch both games? Yeah, yeah, yes, I did. Both both good games. First game went to overtime.
1: The first game was a very good game, and I've been saying it since. We pretty much knew what rosters were going to be looking like coming out of the offseason. New Orleans is going to be a fun team to watch this year.
3: It was a fun game.
1: And New Orleans is going to be a dangerous team this year. Yes. And I say that knowing full well that Zion's about to miss two butts. Mm. But let's come back to game one. Okay. Game two of the NBA season.
3: Yes. That was that, that. That was the Battle of L.A. Clippers and Lakers. Clippers and Lakers. Yes. And LeBron versus Kawhi.
1: Clippers and Lakers. Yes. I don't want to call it Levo- LeBron versus Kawhi this year. I understand. No, there's there's a reason why though. Okay. The NBA actually seems to be getting back towards realizing that you actually have to build teams. Yes. Which is why I don't want to call it LeBron versus Kawhi. Okay. Because this is actually Lakers versus Celtics. These are two teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, or should be. Okay. These are many people's top two choices for championship favorites. Mm-hmm. Many people. Not everyone. Mm-hmm. I know a couple people who pick differently, but... Did you watch Lakers
3: and Clippers? Yes, yeah, uh, I watched. Uh, I went. I was going. I honestly was going back and forth between Lakers, Clippers, and World Series Game One, but I, I, I watched it.
1: So, in the first two minutes of the game, yes, when the score is thirteen to two, yes, what are you thinking?
3: Lakers came out strong, but. You knew Kawhi Leonard was on the other team, so it was like just waiting for the other shoe to drop. You knew. To me, it was a foregone conclusion. You knew the Clippers were going to come back. It wasn't going to be a blowout. It had it been a blowout for the late, had it been a blowout in either either direction, would have been a shock to me.
1: Okay, so you were expecting a close game. Yes. Um. Did you – going in, did you have the Lakers or Clippers winning that game? Uh,
3: I wouldn't have been shocked either way. You know, it's it's game one of the season. So, wouldn't have been shocked had the Lakers been able to pull one out. But, honestly, also, had, you know, the Clippers won that – I don't really put a lot of uh, put a lot into predicting games this early in the season. Okay, because you know had had you you have your expectations and your predictions for this NBA season. Mm-hmm. Had had that game going the opposite direction. Would they have changed
1: my predictions? Yeah, my predictions never change.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that's the point. That's my point.
1: Oh, well, I've seen a lot of predictions change the morning a- the morning after that Lakers Clippers game.
3: Okay, how so? A lot of
1: predictions change. How so? A lot of people seem to believe that the Lakers aren't what they thought they were going to be. Okay, and what was that? A lot of people looked at this Lakers team mm-hmm. expecting. LeBron to be LeBron of 10 years ago.
3: Mm, Okay. He's
1: he's not 25 anymore.
3: Not 25 anymore. But I think part of it is LeBron being being who he is. Part of it is also the Lakers. That's your – I mean, you know that the, the NBA powers that be want the Lakers to be a factor every year.
1: I don't know that they necessarily need them to be a championship contender, I didn't say
3: need, but I said want them to be.
1: I don't know that they necessarily want them to be a championship contender. I just just think Mm -hmm. they want them to be marketable. They want them to be relevant. Okay. And they are.
3: Okay. I think... There were a couple years in L.A., post-Kobe,
1: pre-LeBron, when they weren't relevant.
3: Before you, before you, you... Even then. Even then. In... In the post Magic pre Shaq and Kobe years, it did not take much to for it did not take much to throw the Lakers in a conversation uh, as to that that's not fair. How is that not fair? That's not fair at all. How is that not fair? Because there
1: was no salary cap. Okay. Lakers could buy whatever championship they wanted back then. Okay. The salary cap coming into the NBA post that '98 strike strike changed everything about team building. I understand, in the LA, but, in that, the but
3: but 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 honestly, might not be fair, but it's still accurate. It's still an accurate statement. It's not about the. It's not about the Lakers as a as the makeup or of the team. But the fact of the matter is, it does not take much for the for analysts, whatever whatever you want to call it, people with the opinion makers or whatever to want to throw the Lakers in that conversation. Whether or not the Lakers belong in that conversation, whether an honest assessment of the Lakers puts them wherever, you have your view of the Lakers of who they are and what they can accomplish. But nonetheless, there are going to be people, no matter what, if the Lakers throw anything close to a half-decent team on the floor, there are going to be people who want to say, hey, man, the Lakers can win it all. People are going to
1: say that. Yeah. But I don't know that people necessarily believe that. Okay. That's one of those things where – it's similar to how we were talking about there are people with the Cowboys that every year Cowboys are about to be under Cowboys to go to Super Bowl. Fair enough. It's the, it's a there's an irrational thing built into certain franchises, yeah. and a large part of it is marketing.
3: Mm-hmm. And, Lakers, and, Cowboys, and, Yankees, and
1: yeah. it's marketed that way. Now, the ability to market those teams that way mm-hmm. is what the league wants. Okay. The league doesn't want an LA team that they can't market. I don't. They don't actually care how close they want come to winning championships. Mm-hmm. They care about having superstars in LA that you can market. Okay. Which is because that's good business for the NBA. Same. Same with the Knicks. The Knicks don't. The Knicks haven't won a championship since the '70s, but they are the most valuable franchise in the NBA still. If and and the reason is because of the market. The Knicks are struggling right now, not because they're not winning championships. In the in the mid to late 90s, there was other than the one year, there was very little hope of the Knicks really winning a championship, getting past Michael Jordan's Stitt Bulls to win a championship. Okay. But
4: everybody loved
1: the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved the Knicks. There was a New York's the mecca, the Knicks this. And and that's what I mean. It's not so the league's interest isn't necessarily in these teams being viable as winners. They just need them to be viable in marketing Mm -hmm. because you're you're two biggest cities in the country LA and New York. You you want the money from those cities. You want the ticket sales, you want the jersey sales, you want the TV money and all that. Mm -hmm. But these teams actually being viable to win, mm-hmm. who cares? Le- the league's going to get their money as long as these pl- teams have players that could be
3: marketed. So spin that forward to today. Mm-hmm. You know what you see the Lakers as and how you, where you think the Lakers will – how the season will go, where they'll end up. You, You have that idea in your head of what you predict the Lakers to be. But you said a lot of people also have an opinion. And that opinion might have changed after game 1 of the season. Oh, a lot of people's opinions absolutely changed okay. after game how, 1 of the how season. How so? And are they right to do so? And do you think that opinion has become more it has taken a, t- a turn more towards reality?
1: So, we're going to have to start with one question at a time. Okay,
3: no problem. I'm I'm, I'm throwing them all up for you. you. You do whatever you want with all of
1: them. The Lakers are a team many people picked to win the championship. The Lakers are a team you've heard me say multiple times. I don't believe they're built to win a championship this year. There is a type of basketball fan, type of basketball analyst that tend to operate under the perception that one guy, one player makes a team a contender. That is not true at all never has been, never will be. Now, you can have a solid roster that's not clicking, and you add that one piece that makes the difference. That can happen in basketball. But to think you're going to have a one-man team where, or even a two- or even a three-man team, doesn't work. You really have to have depth versatility, offensive and defensive. The Lakers are missing that. Your defenders are not your shooters, which means at all times you're sacrificing either one or the other on the court. Either you're sacrificing defense or you're sacrificing shooting. You're playing LeBron James significant minutes at point guard. At 35 years old Do you really think he can guard NBA point guards For for a game That's another thing that remains To be seen (sighs) LeBron James As great as he is Has always Been a guy Who needs shooting around him To create space for him to drive Outside of Danny Green What pure shooting do the Lakers have? And then on top of that, the flip side of that is if you look at, okay, well, we could bring Rondo in the game. He can guard point guards, but Rondo doesn't shoot. And Rondo plays best on the ball. So, not a shooter needs the ball in his hands to create because he's not an off-the-ball catch-and-shoot type guy. How does that work with LeBron down the stretch of the game? This Lakers team, there's talent. But as far as team building and chemistry, they leave lots of questions. And so I think that... Anyone who was being objective looking at this, the construction of this Lakers team, like, yeah, they still need more to be a real contender. Which puts them in a difficult situation because LeBron's not getting any younger. So if you don't get it done this year, next year you're further away than you are this year. Where most a lot of teams are looking at, Sixers are looking at every year, they can say, well, maybe Embiid will get better, maybe Simmons will get better. You go to Milwaukee, they say, okay, maybe Giannis will get better. You go to the Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi are in their primes. They're, they're peaking. You go to Golden State, their guys are peaking. LeBron fans never want to actually admit this, but he's human and he's on the downside of his career. He's past his prime. And LeBron the one thing that truly made him able to dominate a game was his defensive abilities. He could, You could put LeBron on the best player on their team, and that best player is no longer their best player. He's a non-factor. And he could do it from one through five, essentially. He can no longer do that. Especially not over the course of a 48-minute game. Maybe stretches here, stretches there. But the Lakers have personnel issues. That team—it's a—it's a video game roster. You—you you play NBA 2K, yeah, you can win with that team. Real life, not so much. They'll be a playoff team. They'll make it interesting. But if you good enough to win a series, which series?
3: A series. Which series? First round, second round.
1: Depends on the matchup. That's why I say which series. They're yeah, it depends on the matchup. If they end up being a four or five seed, be worried. And a four or five seed is realistic for them. You've got young teams like Denver and Utah that have talent and will come at you in waves and they're they're gonna do everything they can to mm-hmm. get as Every regular season game to a team like that matters. So they're looking to win games. You've got a team like the Clippers who are feisty, scrappy, will play defense. And, okay, Kawhi is not going to play every game. But by the time he starts missing games, you got Paul George there with you too. Mm -hmm. They're going to win a lot of games this year. So, So... Portland's gonna win regular season games this year. There's a lot of teams in the West. Mm-hmm. Houston is likely to win a lot of regular season games this year. So it's not a lock that LA's sitting there looking at a top two C. Mm-hmm. Now, so you put them in a four or five matchup, possibly looking at who knows where a Golden State finishes and if if Clay. Is able to return this year. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that's a four or five matchup. There's no guarantee the Lakers win that. No guarantee at all. So when we when you ask, can they win a series? Sure, depending on their plan, they could win. They could lose. It, it. At this point, the Lakers are a team I would have to see seeding and matchups to be. Like, if you ask me about the Clippers, yeah, they get out the first round. It's a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You ask me about the Sixers, yeah, they get out the first round. It's a lot. You ask me about Milwaukee, yeah, they get out the first round. It's a lot. You ask me about the Lakers, it was the matchup. Mm-hmm. And that actually is true for most of the West. Only team I'll call a lock to get out the first round is the Clippers. And that is actually a good thing for basketball. Yeah. That's that's a very good thing for basketball. It's open.
3: Mm-hmm. It's wide open. You've talked. I mean, you've talked about this before, about what we have going into this season, and what we don't have. What we don't have is a clear cut winner, and that's something that we've kind of we, we've had we've had for probably close to ten years.
1: Longer than that.
3: La- gold. Last, gold year being,
1: last year being the one exception, mm-hmm. there I mean, hasn't been an NBA season in 15, 20 years where I don't think the outcome was predictable. Mm-hmm. With the exception of last season, that's based on injury. Okay. okay. Correction. I'll make two exceptions were years most people didn't see it coming. Okay. Last year with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Which, if Kevin Durant is healthy, likely doesn't happen. Okay. And the first year of the Golden State run.
4: Okay.
1: Most people refuse. Most people refused to believe that team was actually that good. Mm-hmm. They didn't think Steph was a real superstar. Clay's not a real superstar. Okay. Dre's not a real Draymond. Not. This was the story on that team then. Okay. They were a nice story, on a on a cute run. Mm-hmm. But nobody took that team seriously until after they won a championship.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: agree. So, those those couple years. But other than that, I found them quite to be quite predictable, including the years Le- LeBron in Miami where he lost. Mm-hmm. I thought I found those losses predictable too. So, but- I am quite glad to see a NBA season where probably four or five teams have a chance to compete for a title. Probably the most there's been that actually have championship aspirations, legitimate championship aspirations in a long time mm-hmm. since ninety four ninety five. 95 okay. Most teams I've seen with championship aspirations since then. All
3: right. Well look, let's take a real quick break and then when we come back we're at like twenty-two minutes. Oh, Wait, we might, you want to keep going? Might as well. All right, fine. That, hey, all right. Keep it going. All right, get a break. We nice. Just go, go ahead, in. Just go in. All right. Hey, look, man. Let's talk about that first game. And we talked about the second game. Mm-hmm. L.A. versus L.A. First game was uh, Toronto versus uh, Toronto versus the <laughs> reigning
1: champs, Toronto Raptors versus. Yes. The, the, the up, reigning the defending young undisputed
3: champions.
1: Versus the young upstarts. Mm-hmm. Raptors versus Pelicans. Mi-
3: yes. Minus their uh minus their big draft acquisition.
1: The number one overall pick, the guy coming in the league with all the hype, Zion Williamson. hmm And the hype is much deserved. Yes. He's the real deal. The hype is much deserved. We we saw what he could do. Mm-hmm. Through the preseason, shooting percentages were through the roof. First person to average 20 points a game in the preseason in, what, 20-plus years? Mm -hmm. Something like that. But that doesn't mean I don't have a lot of questions about this kid still.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Because let's be real. Preseason, your veterans aren't playing that hard. They're not taking it that seriously. They're just trying to run their legs back into shape a little bit so they'll Mm -hmm. be ready to go. They want to get through that without getting hurt. Whereas the rookie, he's trying to come out there and tear the rim off. So, yeah, it was a good preseason for Zion. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Not knocking it. But I still see room for a lot of room for growth in his skill set. And more importantly... The question, which at least for me, is going to linger for a long time, can his body hold up? Mm. Everybody looks at him, oh, he's so big, he's so strong. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. This is basketball. It's not football. You don't survive in basketball being that big. You, Your knees, your back, your mm-hmm. ankles, your extremities are not built for that. And this is Zion's third knee issue. hmm At 19, this is his third knee issue. He's having a surgery now. He's about to miss two months. In my opinion, and this is my opinion, I stress the word opinion. Okay. Kid needs to lose 35, 40 pounds. If he doesn't, his career will be seven years or less. hmm I could easily see his body. Okay, you remember what Barkley was like in the late years of his career? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what Larry Johnson was like in the late years of his career? Yeah. Physically, those are probably the closest comparisons I could find to Zion in NBA history. And both of them, by the end of their career, Body's down. breaking down. Mm-hmm. And they both played at lighter weights than Zion. Zion's at 290 pounds yeah. at 6'6", six 6'7". Foot six, six foot 290 is ridiculous. Like, Shaq was 7'1", came into the league around, what, 300? Mm-hmm. Most, you're hard-pressed to find too many... 300 pounds, 7-footers in the league. Mm-hmm.
3: And it's not like Zion doesn't have athleticism. You're talking about... But, you, you, you,
1: but the athleticism is part of what I think hurts him. Yeah,
3: no, that's if, that's, it, that's the point that I'm making. This man is doing all that running and jumping mm-hmm. on those knees. Yeah. And that's, that's the point that I'm trying to make.
1: At 290 yeah. pounds, if I'm only getting 6 inches off the ground,
3: mm-hmm.
1: okay. Like, Carl Malone was huge. He well, Carl, but he was only a. He was only two sixty ish, and B. Watch Carl. Watch some old Carmelo tape to see how often he was ever more than twelve inches off the ground.
3: Mm-hmm. He wasn't jumping out of the gym like Zion's. Mm-hmm.
1: Zion's out here with a forty-some inch vertical, taking off and then land, and then landing with that two hundred and ninety plus pounds. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I I don't see any way around his need to lose weight. Charles Barkley, when he came in the league, was explosive, just Mm -hmm. like Zion. Not as tall, Mm -hmm. but he was equally as explosive. But for the sake of his career, he had to lose weight. And the second he let mm -hmm. that weight start coming back on, that was it.
3: Now, let me ask you this, and uh, we might be going off on a tangent slightly, but do you think... I mean, let's 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 put this, turn this to like the, the college game. Do you think that the pressure will become on more colleges, since you know you're putting, you, you know that there are certain colleges are putting these kids in into the pros. They're there for a year, whatever. Mm-hmm. But better preparing these kids physically, like at this point. Like I, what what would you say? You said Zion needs to lose about thirty to forty pounds. Mm-hmm. These programs putting these, getting these kids early with a nutritionist, with Impossible. trainers. Impossible.
1: You, know, you think? Impossible.
3: Okay. Why?
1: Because of the NCAA. Okay. There are restrictions on how much time players can spend with coaches, mm-hmm. or you don't have those restrictions in the NBA. NBA, I can sit you down. Like, here's our strength coach. Here's our conditioning coach. Mm. This is your job. You're going to do this. All you're going to work on getting your body right all day. Okay. College, I got about two hours a day. Okay. And then I still got to go to class, or at least pretend to go to class. And I'm an only 18, 19 year old kid, so I probably want to have a little bit of a social life.
4: Mm-hmm. And need to
3: start making you need to start making these electives in. <laughs> No, I'm serious. It's like, okay, what classes, you know, you know that they have to go to, and I'm using air quotes here, class. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to go to these cl- classes.
1: So you're going to make them all, all your play You're going to make every player a PE major? Yeah. If you make no, every- no, I don't, I don't no, know. No, seriously. About that. You make every player a PE major, and then, yeah, you can you can get conditioning in your classes.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess.
1: I'll take a swimming class, a physical conditioning class, a running class. I'm a PE major. I'll. Yeah
3: you know I, I guess well i that makes the college experience up to the kid and the, the kid and his his family mm-hmm. whereas if you want your kid to know something other than just PE, that's up to you to say hey man you better get down here you need to take yourselves a humanities class and a science class or or, or whatever but if you're coming into college knowing that this is just a one stop because you you oh, got bigger aspirations. Okay now let me ask you a question though. Okay.
1: Let's say now, say you're a college what, pick, what, what college do you want to be? Pick All right. a college.
3: All right, we're, we're, we're talking Zion so let's say Duke.
1: Okay you're okay. Duke I'm, I'm a big time recruit coming to your school Mm-hmm. I know I'm only going to be there for a year. Mm-hmm. You know you're only going to be there for a year. Mm-hmm. I'm just using you because I need somewhere to be for this next year to work on my game before I go to the league. Mm-hmm. And you're using me because it's like, oh, okay, well, we need a team for this year. So this kid will come stick around, sell some tickets. Maybe we'll win. And some benefit for everybody. Okay. But you being Duke, a kid that you know, you know I'm only going to be there one year. And I'm gone, and you have to be on to the, next, to the next kid, getting him ready to play, and you're already recruiting him now. How much investment are you really putting into me?
3: I guess, like, if you're in a situation, and and honestly, this whole this whole rabbit hole that we've gone down is just pure hypothetical because we're talking about what Zion Williamson needs to do now. You brought up the fact that you felt like he needed to lose 30 to 40 pounds. I am not I am not disputing that. I'm not debating it. That's not up for debate. Okay. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. My question was, you see the shape that he came into the league in. Can, could that be a selling point for, for colleges if you're coming in to try and adjust it? And if, and if the answer is no, the answer is no. You know, so you know, so be it. I understand the the restrictions that colleges are under because he can't sit there and be under the eye of coaches twenty four seven like you can mm-hmm. be in the pros. Mm-hmm. It's
1: like that kid in college, if he like that, you need that kid to be self motivated at college age, which yeah. is for a 19, yeah. ki- 19 year old kid who's That's had so. a lot handed to him in his life because he's happen special. To yeah, I won't say it won't happen, but it's the a big ass.
3: The chances are.
1: Like Excellent. a LeBron James always knew he had to take his conditioning seriously and work on his body, mm-hmm. and you've seen you've seen that in LeBron well, yeah, throughout you, his
3: career. Like from from day from day one, from the moment LeBron James came into the public eye, you saw that it was hey, we know where we're going. Mm-hmm. We're you know it, it was the focus it, was there. The focus was it was chess. LeBron and his team, his family, his mom, whatever. It was chess the whole the the entire time whereas you know with these other names that have come up since then it might not have been the case with zion you know we it's like i i understand you because you are you're like you said you're you're a basketball junkie so you might have heard or have been familiar with zion before he got to duke mm-hmm. but for most people they heard of him once he stepped foot on campus now that wasn't the case with lebron
4: mm-hmm. you know
3: LeBron's eleventh grade games were on television.
1: LeBron was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his eleventh and twelfth grade games were being na- getting national TF- TV attention on ESPN. They're yeah they're when you're broadcasting high um, high school players' games mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah. It wasn't just one game. No, they- no,
3: no. He yeah, I watched a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. But I guess, but the the fact is, okay, from at that point, you know. There, By the time we saw LeBron, and this is now 10th, 11th, 12th grade, the wheels were in motion. I don't know how long the wheels were in motion with Zion, but nonetheless, you're now sitting here with with a player. Yes, he's the first overall pick. Yes, he'll be the franchise player, but now you're looking at... he. There is work that he has to do on himself physically in order to ascend to... Those expectations, and the question that I had was: Is there any way colleges can be more proactive? And like, if you're selling, yeah, like, say,
1: and and that's why I was saying, like, I understand your question, and that and that's why, well, initially, like, the short answer is no. It there's not, but so much a college can do. They are, I and I promise you, they are working these kids as hard as they possibly can already. So to try to tell a kid like, yeah, we'll get you even more conditioning and more workout, not possible.
3: No, I guess, like, and like I said, I'm just you know I'm I, I'm I'm honestly just throwing that out there. Like if, if you're just saying, hey, you know what, like you you got you're in the kid's uh you're in the kid's living room. Mm-hmm. You're saying, hey man, you see what's happening? You know, you see you see Zion Williamson. I bet you can be him. If you come to our school, you can be him. But look, look where he is now he's on the bench missing two months because he wasn't in the proper conditioning. You come here, we'll get you into the proper conditioning so when you leave here, you can hit the ground running.
1: And and, and that's the thing, like, well, like a kid with Zion, there's no way you're gonna convince me that Coach K wasn't already doing everything he could to get Zion in the best shape possible. Anything beyond that comes down to self-motivation And the kid's own desire, like something internal has to be like, okay, yeah, I'm great, but if I lost 20 pounds, I lost 30 pounds, maybe I'd have a 60-inch vertical instead of a 48-inch vertical. Maybe I'd get down court that extra second and a half faster. Maybe my knees will last an extra 10 years. Because, quite frankly, you
3: just not, you know, how many 18 and 19-year-old kids are thinking about their knees?
1: Exactly. But... If you're 290 pounds and at 19, you're on your third knee issue. Yeah, you if you weren't be. thinking about it before, you are you now. You should be. You should yeah. be. And and that's the thing. Basketball. Basketball is not a sport where bigger, stronger, faster makes you better. It can help if it complements your skill set. But it's not. Where at football, you go to the combine, your forty time, your bench reps, those type of things, are mean a lot more than Kevin Durant when the NBA, in the NBA combine could not bench the the hundred and eighty-five pounds that they use for reps, mm-hmm. couldn't do it. Does that mean Kevin Durant's not strong enough to play basketball?
3: Not at least, no.
1: Exactly, yeah. and and that's kind of my point. So basketball skill set and being fluid in your movement, being able to change ends, being able to run consistently, run without your body breaking down, these are things that are more important than simply being big and strong. You can name... Lots and lots and lots of guys who were big and been big and strong over the years, and I promise you, if you watch the tape and look at and look at the guys who were the most, like the the most muscular, ripped up mm-hmm. weight room guys, most most of them were very stiff, mechanical in the way they moved. All right, perfect example. Okay. Look at the way Dwight Howard was built versus the way Akeem Olajuwon is built. Mm. Or even the, the way Dwight Howard's built versus a Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, Akeem Olajuwon, big, strong guy. Joel who could Embiid be.
3: looks more like the, the traditional center. Like he's,
1: uh, he's big, he's strong, but Dwight Howard looks like he's in the weight room all the time. Mm. But if you watch how Dwight Howard moves... His footwork, mm-hmm. it's it's stiff. His mm-hmm. pivoting, his when he shifts, it's all very yeah. mechanical. Okay, and the best basketball players are fluid. Kobe Bryant, I remember it well. It was a year he bulked up to about two twenty,
4: mm-hmm.
1: put on a lot of muscle, and then the next year he imme- he lost it immediately. Mm-hmm. When asked about it, he said, "Yeah, I couldn't move the way I wanted to."
4: Mm-hmm.
1: He got it. LeBron James, he has a naturally large frame. Mm-hmm. Different body type than most most people you'll see in the NBA. But 245, which is where he plays, is a good weight for him. Mm-hmm. LeBron at one point in Miami got up to 260-something, mm-hmm. and that was because they were playing him in the post a lot more. Yeah. When he wanted to be more able to move – and thing, he lost that weight again. And it's much better for his career. You can move better. You're quicker. And it's just easier mm-hmm. on your body. So, for a guy like Zion, the I, I would love to see his career for the next 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. The potential is absolutely there. But... If he doesn't find his Moses Malone, for those who are a little younger, that's a reference. That's a Charles Barkley reference. Charles Barkley, Barkley always said that he,
3: is he credits hope, yeah.
1: he credits Moses Malone for teaching him how to work and get an NBA shape, and mm-hmm. that basically take pro- propelling his career mm-hmm. to the levels it went if Zion either becomes self-motivated or finds his Moses Malone who teaches him how to get his body in NBA not just be athletic and explosive but mm-hmm. truly be an NBA shape. Mm-hmm. If he does that, sky's the limit.
3: I think that but I think that will come with time. You know, you brought up Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid the the story is he lost a little bit of weight mm-hmm. this year and got his conditioning. Because I think what Players like, like Zion, who come into the league with expectations. The expectation is for Zion Williamson to be the that game changing cornerstone, you know, franchise cornerstone player. Very rarely, uh, you you know, you said yourself. Very rarely do those types of players come out to shoot and have the ultimate success. Takes them a little bit, you know. Th- he'll come into new Orleans we already said after one game you know we watched one game so far this week and they look more they they play a more exciting brand of basketball eventually they're going to want to take that to the next level where it's like okay yes it's exciting now let's win more games You win more games, and then it's like, okay, yeah, you won more games. Let's go out here and let's win a division. Yeah, you won a division. Let's go out here and win the conference. Yeah, you won a conference. Let's go out there and win a championship. And if the New Orleans Pelicans find themselves in a position where they're not winning championships, not winning, you know, not not winning titles, not winning conferences, not winning divisions, not winning more games because Zion Williamson can't stay on the floor because he's not healthy, that's going to fall on him. You know, he that's that's that has to be when the self motivation comes. Like the you know, like the commercial says, Life comes at you fast. Joel Embiid is now in his what, fifth year in in elite? Fourth or fifth year in elite?
1: Longer than that.
3: Well, not uh, 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 fourth or fifth, uh, fifth year on uh, the court. On the court, fourth or fifth playing year, mm-hmm. Sixth year in the league, but fourth year on the court. That's how long it took him. Excuse me, it took rookie year was one thing. Next year after that, they go to uh, they go to the playoffs. Everything's fine and dandy. Go to the playoffs a second year, lose. Where he struggled to stay on the court, struggled to stay, uh, struggled with his conditioning. Now th- that's when the self motivation came in, because he came in because now for the first time since he got here, there's some heat. There's some heat about his play. The first heat he got was could he stay healthy? Could he? Well, excuse me. First heat Joel Allen B got when he got to Philly was could he be healthy? Because there were questions of whether he would play or not. I used to do the show with Vince Vellani. Shout out to Vince. Vince called Joel Embiid early. He called him uh, Greg, Greg Oden 2.0. Came on the air and said, you know what? I don't think, I don't think Joel Embiid will ever play. We just wasted third pick in the draft. Vince has since come back on the show and said, hey man, I got to apologize. I was wrong. Shout out to Vince. But nonetheless, now that there's expectations, he took that first step, lost himself a little bit of weight, and look. And right now, granted, you know we're first week of the season, looks to be in better, uh, better condition, better shape. Zion Williamson, what six, seven? What, what was he? Six seven ish. Six seven. About six seven. Six seven ish, almost three hundred pounds, mm-hmm. but can jump out of the gym. But now, not even twenty years old. not even 20 years old and on his third knee surgery. So at this point now, you know, he's going to find real soon, you know, that grace period is going to end. And he has to make good on the expectations of not only the Pelicans fan base, but the NBA fan base. He has to make good on that. So that will be, You know, that's going to, when that light bulb goes off in his head, when will he get it together and get himself into shape? I don't know when that'll be. Might not be this season. Might not be next season. But it's got to be soon. It's got to be real soon. All right, we got to start getting ready to get out of here. But first... What do you? What do you want? What else do you want to see with this first week of NBA basketball? We've seen the Lakers versus Clippers. We've seen the Sixers. We've seen Zion, Well, we haven't seen Zion, but we've seen the Pelicans. We've seen Toronto. What else do you? What else are you looking for? Week one.
1: Week one. I'm truly because. This off season, there was a lot of player movement. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, I'm just looking to see what chemistry looks like for different teams. Mm-hmm.
3: Chemistry where and who do you think might have the biggest chemistry? Biggest chemistry questions. Talking Houston, OKC, Clippers.
1: Houston, Houston, I actually think is going to work better than a lot of people are expecting. Okay. Boston, questions. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, definitely questions. Milwaukee, there are some questions. Mm -hmm. Milwaukee, I think, is a team that needed to take the next step forward, and I'm not sure they didn't take a step back this year. Lakers, of course, you've got chemistry questions. The Warriors you've got chemistry questions, no KD, no Iguodala, bring in D'Angelo Russell. It's, there are a lot of teams with a lot of new pieces and trying to get all of that to work. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of it's going to be a lot in this year, this
0: year.
3: A lot of good games early on the slate in the NBA. Thursday we're talking Bucks and Rockets, Clippers and Warriors. Friday, we're talking Raptors, Celtics, talking Suns and Nuggets, Kings, Trailblazers, Jazz, Lakers. Saturday, let's look at let's look at Saturday real quick. Pelicans, Rockets, looking at uh, Jazz and uh, Jazz and Kings, Clippers, Suns. Raptors, Bulls, Pelicans, Rockets. They're good games. A lot of opportunity to watch a lot of basketball this uh, this weekend. How much do you think you'll watch?
2: I,
1: I'm going to watch as much as I can. Okay. But,
0: you
1: know, we'll see which games are on. All.
3: all right. All right. We're going to see. We're going to see because right now I'm looking at Saturday – NBA TV's got heat and Bucks. All right. Jimmy Butler versus Giannis. But then you got. It,
1: I but, have to ask you to stop doing that. What? Breaking down games to one one on one matchups. No,
3: no, no, but it's not. But,
1: like, look. When, but, but that's, but, but that's not it.
3: But that's. Because when you say honestly,
1: Butler versus Giannis,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Miami is Butler. Mm hmm. Milwaukee's a lot more than Giannis.
3: I understand that. But you know but you know the nature of the beast and you know what the, how the NBA
1: operates. I do. And, and I, I hate ad- it.
3: I understand it, that and, you hate it, but it's the re- still the way it is.
1: But I hate it. And the reason I hate it, because mm-hmm. you you're you we're, we're, the NBA, the league pushes these matchups. This player yeah. versus that player.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: They'll give you Embiid versus Steph Curry. Those two players will never, never. be matched up the whole game. Mm-hmm. They won't guard each other on
3: either end of the court. But they're both given the same job to help to lead their team to victory.
1: Uh-huh. And there are 14 other guys on each team to understand.
3: do that. I understand.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That's not going to change, but still, it's still going to be Embiid versus Steph Curry. Who who does who does the better job and whose who's supporting cast helps them get
1: that victory? But see, that's the thing. The supporting cast. Okay. Because Steph could outplay Embiid, mm-hmm. but the rest of the team could be why the Sixers win. Okay. And Or vice versa. There are very few situations. Now, if you're telling me LeBron versus KD, mm-hmm. that's one that makes sense. Okay. Because they play the same position and they'll be matched up against each other. So you'll actually get to see LeBron versus KD. Okay. You see what I mean?
3: All of the heat. Play all of the Bucks <laughs> on heat, or, or Saturday. Heat versus Bucks. Heat versus Bucks yeah. on Saturday.
1: Now, I'm not saying never push a matchup. No, no, but, no. But no you, that's exactly like, what you said. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like if we're gonna look at like, all
3: of the Knicks versus all like, of the Celtics. If
1: we're looking at Philly versus Philly versus who is it? Um, Denver. Okay. And you tell me it's about to be M V versus versus Jokic. Yes. Mm. That. Yeah, that's gonna. That's a matchup that's actually gonna happen. Two of the better bigs in the league go- facing each other on both ends of the court. Okay, that's a matchup you can push. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me Giannis versus Jimmy Butler, and they'll probably never guard each other the whole game, maybe one or two possessions. Well, Giannis is more likely to guard Butler than Butler is to guard Giannis because of the size. But you see what I mean? Like, if we're if we're gonna push a matchup, let's push a real matchup.
3: Okay i know, I'm, see. I was gonna look up the. I, I was gonna look up the roster and just and try and figure out a better matchup. But we don't got time. We're just trying to get oh, out of here on Miami. Yeah, Goran Dragic this versus,
1: um, Jimmy Butler. No, I, no, I understand the, the matchup for Giannis. Yon- they don't have a matchup for Giannis. Mm-hmm. There, there is no matchup for Giannis. Not on that roster. So there, so are, if, so if there was, are five people if in the lead that can match up. With if it was Giannis.
3: Bucks versus Philly, could I say Ben Simmons versus Giannis?
1: Yes. Okay. Because that's right. that's 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 a fair matchup. Okay. Like that's and that's all I'm saying. If we're going to push the matchups, let's like let's push the real matchups. We're not going to push Jordan versus Shaq when they're never going to oh, okay. see each other. Okay. All right. You all see right. what I mean?
3: Yes, sir. Now, all if right.
1: you want to push Jordan versus Penny when they're going to have to guard each other, mm. yeah, let's do that. Okay. One. No, that's all right. I ask. All right.
3: All right. Yeah, so like I said, uh, Jimmy Butler versus Giannis <laughs> on Saturday. Of course. <laughs> now, of we'll, course, I knew that was coming. Exactly. Exactly. Tell me what to do. I'll tell you what to do though. Tell us what. Tell us what you think of this show. O underscore D underscore Discourse. We are on Twitter, and that's it. That's it. No Facebook. No Instagram. No Reddit. No LinkedIn. No Black Planet. No Miguelente. Be- uh myspace no
1: feel free to start whatever pages you like I ain't got to-
0: <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that hey. You
3: guys have a great weekend We'll be back next week Peace.
0: The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network And Best in the World Sports A division of Definitive Visions Multimedia The opinions and views expressed Are certainly those of the host And do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network Or NBC Sports Radio